Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of our SDGC Final Fantasy retrospective, in which we are going over all uh, all fifteen mainline. I almost said all eight, all fifteen mainline Final Fantasy games, and talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, and giving them their overall proper place in the series ranking. Uh, as always, I'll go over the ground rules really quick. These are the 15 core Final Fantasy titles only. We are not talking about spin-offs like Final Fantasy Tactics or 13.10.2 or Lightning Returns, uh, although we will be tackling those on uh, subsequent podcasts. And uh, of course, uh, this being episode eight, today we're going to be talking about Final Fantasy VIII, um, one of the more divisive titles in the series. And joining us today, uh, Natalie from or Natalie Flores, I should use your whole name, uh, from RPG site is joining us once again. Natalie, it's always nice having you on. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to share my spicy Final Fantasy VIII opinions. I'm ready to consume them. <laughs> and uh, and we also have uh, my my friend, uh, Tom Johnson from Game Ranks. Now, I, I owe Tom here a, public <laughs> apology. A, a very public apology for Tom because he was supposed to join us for the Final Fantasy VI and Seven talks. Um, but of course, you know, I fucking me. forgot to add him to the Discord call. Top ten so anime betrayals, out, John. I tweeted out what <laughs> a great we conversation we had, and then Tom literally is like, "Wow!" And, and like, and I was like, "Oh shit, Tom! Fuck!" So Tom, Tom is oh, here. Man. He's gonna be he's gonna be joining us for the rest of our Final Fantasy discussions. Can't Dude, believe so Tom sorry. couldn't join right, me in ground, bashing I'm, Final I'm Fantasy Seven at this point. Tom, <laughs> it looks like Ground Control forgot about Major Tom. <laughs> oh, oh man. Man. I fucking hate you. <laughs> wow wow it'd be ashamed of that but i'm not no you all shouldn't right be. guys so uh final fantasy 8 um a game that i don't hate and a game that i don't love uh boy this is a difficult one for me to talk about because i really like like when i first played final fantasy 8 uh it was it came out in 1999 i believe or 98 um i was i was 17 or 18 years old when i first played it and um, I really loved the first half of the game and really didn't like the second half. So I'm pretty evenly split on this one. But I want to start with, so I want to start with Tom um, simply because I neglected to add him on our previous episodes and I still feel really bad. This is his apology bouquet. You go first. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm going to kick it over to Tom first. Tom, I, I don't know, like you're a big Final Fantasy guy, just like the rest of us. Um, what like when did you first play Final Fantasy VIII and what were your initial impressions of it? Oh, uh, I probably played. When did this game come out? What was the year? It was like 98. 98. Like okay, so I probably played around 99, 2000. It was pre, like, it was definitely pre PS2 when I played this one. Um, But I was just finally getting back into games after a brief, there were like two or three years between me getting tired of the Nintendo 64 and my uncle giving me his PS1. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> um, so I was like playing all I could and I like Final Fantasy VIII was one that I actually was probably the Final Fantasy game I didn't get into the I didn't hate it, but I wasn't like as into it as I was with like nine or ten or or like uh even twelve or thirteen. Like it's probably the one I took the longest to actually burn through just because like it didn't jive with me in a way that like it did with most other people not to say i did like, i'm not one of the people who's like i hate this game it's not good like i still think it's fine it just didn't have the power to drive me I, especially like how it gets kind of weird towards the back third 
Yeah, there was yeah. like this whole. And by the way, just like for anybody listening, of course, th- there will be heavy spoilers dropped in not just this conversation, but all of the all of our conversations past, uh, you know, past conversations and the ones going forward. Yeah. Um, it, and I think what Tom is referring to is that weird storyline twist at the end. I, and this is where it kind of went off the rails for me, where you find out that everybody was at the same orphanage and you've all got amnesia. And, and that was, a, I don't know, like, I, I, Natalie, you tell me what you think. But for me, that was a bridge too far. I was like, okay, like, this is like, I get that it's a Final Fantasy game. And there's going to be elements of the story that are ridiculous. But that was just, that was too, that was too insane for me to swallow. You know, like, I agree. Uh, I remember going to that part. And I was just like, like, I messaged a friend. I was like, wait, did the what so i i do think it's one of the flaws that final fantasy 8 has i don't think final fantasy 8 is a flaw-free game um if anything it's one of the most flawed ones but i love it in spite of those flaws so i do agree i think that part was a bit much for a final fantasy game and like like square enix decided to go hey you know what an rpg cliche is the main hero has amnesia but what if everyone had it? Well, what's frustrating what if, what is, if they, sorry, and then like, what if they figure it out and then it's a time and space traversal run? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. like that, we haven't even. <laughs> what, Derek, like, like what's frustrating gonna... to me is there are very small hints. Um, if I recall, only like twice in the game before that point that using Guardian Forces, which is the FF8's version of the summons in the series, um, oh, the will, will, laws yeah. people, will, will cause people to eventually lose things like their memory. Um, there are tiny hints about this, but like considering this ends up being like a major detail, like, wow, we all conveniently forgot like most of our past and the fact that we all knew each other. Um, I feel like that should have been spelled out a little more heavily that that is a thing, not part being part of like too specific. They spend more time talking about how much fucking Zell loves hot dogs than they do talking about um, how guardian forces will strip away your memories. Um, and but hot dogs don't hot dogs. hot dogs don't ever matter to the plot, yo. <laughs> but so. can, can I just point out that the only proper way to refer to GFs are gifts? Like that's that's all I call them now. Like like I'm so many- John, you're a fucking monster. I'm just, I'm just letting you know, man. Actually, you know. they're pronounced GIFs. No, it's a GIF. Um, <laughs> it's a fucking GIF. Yeah. Um, I have a question, like mechanic-wise, because we don't write in like story stuff and experience yeah. stuff. But what, like, um, how did y'all jive with the draw system? Not system? at all. So okay. I loved it. Yeah, I want to say I got like four guard. I got the minimum required guardian forces to make my way through that game because I just could not care. I yeah. Like the the draw system isn't the problem to me. The draw system would have been fine were it not paired up with the junction system. Yes. Ooh boy. Because you got penalized for using what you drew because you are you're casting from stats, lowering your own stats by casting spells or using abilities because of the way they worked with together. You're like, draw 99 of this spell. Okay, cool. Now your attack is really high. I hope you never want to cast that spell because if you do, you're going to f- visibly become weaker each time you do. Yeah. Well, and then on top of that, like, so because pe- people say the main complaint people have about the draw mechanic is that it encourages you to sit at, at low level enemies and just draw blizzard over and over again yeah. until everybody has a hundred blizzards. But you wouldn't yep. really feel the urge to do that if 
it weren't for the fact that having 100 blizzards meant you had 100 blizzards to junction to your attack or whatever. Um, because you realistically don't need to stockpile up 100 blizzards um, if that's just your stockpile to cast from. So but you can also you can stockpile a bunch of ultimas and junction them and make yourself fucking invincible. Yeah. Well, normally you can't find that many ultimas in the game, so like you wouldn't, you know, the, the really good shit you would never really just sit there and draw over and over again. Um, so drawing was was okay had it not been paired up with junctioning magic to stats. I well, think I that actually, mechanically um... one of the the best things FF8 could have done from a smart design standpoint is just make the Guardian Forces give you a flat stat boost, depending on the GF equipped, and then you can equip a bunch of GFs, and they give you flat stat boosts, and you're not junctioning magic to those stats. Well, yeah, I, I, that'd be awesome. I, just want, I, I want to kick it over to Natalie, because Natalie, if it, it, you like the draw system. I do. Uh, uh, despite the fact that I write about video games, I suck at them <laughs> a lot. So uh, the draw and junction system allowed me to... Final Fantasy VIII is the only Final Fantasy that I've replayed from start to finish, and I'm pretty sure it's because the draw system makes it easy for me. I appreciate it. It's weird, and it doesn't work for a lot of people, but it let me actually finish it until the end for my replay. So I like it. I think the I think my biggest issue with the draw system and <clears throat> something that really hasn't been touched on yet is the fact that it so like I and in a weird way I'm gonna t I'm gonna tie this into mental illness so like not just I don't just suffer from anxiety I suffer from OCD and I felt compelled to junction everything or to to draw everything I fucking could yep and and sometimes it would make those battles drag on like even just battles against like you know you know like low level enemies they would drag on twice as long as they had to because i was drawing fucking everything because i felt like that was the most viable way i mean really i did it's not it wasn't a feeling that was the most viable way to power up your characters to love to power level your characters was drawing but you had to invest a lot of time in that you couldn't just like for example to drop a material into a slot like you could in seven and go on your way and and fight a bunch of battles and and level up that material you had to sit there and constantly draw magic from every enemy and and it made battles i it had to have extended my my playtime on the on my first playthrough by at least 30 percent. just I, I spent i felt like i spent more time drawing from enemies than i did actually fighting them and um and like, by the end of the game i was like holy shit like i i, I must have spent at least 30 hours just fucking drawing jesus at least wow. you know, one thing one thing i will say is um i don't know if this is the case with any of the console like the modern console re-releases but all of the recent pc re-releases um of the final fantasy games have basically the, the cheats you have like the built-in boost um so if you believe the ff8 pc port actually that's an older one thinking about it they never did like a modern version of that anyway you play the ff8 pc port you can just give all of your characters like a a fairly decent like chunk of magic um pretty early on and and avoid a lot of the like draw grind for a huge chunk of the game um and i really appreciate that square does that with their again i hope they do it with their their console versions too with their pc re-releases um because stuff like that ff9 having like the speed up and the um ap granting ff12 having like AP and Gil granting that stuff really helps reduce the grind and makes it easier for people who just want to get in and enjoy the story. Cause not everybody's going to want to play 20 hours worth of grinding. So, oh, yeah. so that, that leads me to another question. I want to kick off to Tom first and then, uh, well, but you know, I, we'll, we'll kick this to both our guests. Um, but 
So jumping off of what Derek just said, we're seeing re-releases for seven. We're seeing re-releases for nine and 10 and 12. Where the fuck is Final Fantasy VIII in all of this? Like That's a like, really good question. Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense to me, right? Ooh. Like it's being treated as the ugly child and I'm offended on its behalf. <laughs> it's, it's just so, it's very, very strange. Like I, I was I, like, what, so, uh, at, at that same Nintendo Direct, when they um when they announced seven and nine like seven popped up and i was like oh here it is we're you know this is seven eight nine and they were like final fantasy seven nine ten ten two and twelve welcome to switch and i just <laughs> I, I had this image of squall just being slapped across the face by reggie <laughs> as hard as he could but you know what would be great if they did just release eight and be like you guys all forgot about the announcement <laughs> uh, somebody boot fin off this call so i think <laughs> i think a big part of it has to do with um so if you look at like the 3d games 10 onward are a lot easier to re-release and just in a higher resolution and and lightly cleaned up textures um but then like seven eight and nine are in this weird place where they're kind of ugly games unless you do some heavy work to but clean them up. But doesn't it already have a PC port? Just, just and it's terrible. It's it, yeah, it it's runs really terribly. Is it a, the oh, music, is it really? Yeah, the, it doesn't run very well. The um, music is just trash in the PC version because um, it uses like a different MIDI format or something. Oh, so it just sounds okay. really bad. Um, the textures and everything are still very, very low quality. Um like they're equivalent to the PSX version. And the thing is, like seven, they've done some cleaning up to and release. Nine, nine got that really extensive uh remastering that I think looks really good. Yeah, it's um, phenomenal. I can't wait to play also, it again on Switch. But they also I, gave it that fucking shitty menu from the port from the iOS port. This is the new well, it's yeah, it's got the new fonts and stuff. Yeah. I don't like it. But anyway, I, but, sorry to derail, but it's Yeah, no, so I think that eight will come, but eight is gonna require like nine did a lot more effort than something like FF7 did to clean up because FF7 graphically was was really quite simple compared to 8 and 9. And that's yeah. another thing. FF8, I mean, if you look at... 8 came, what, a year after Final Fantasy 7? It wasn't long, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's, it's a year or a year and, and a half or something. It was a huge jump in quality. And it looks tremendously... I mean, the environments, the character models, the animations, everything looks so much more detailed and complex. And the... Uh, the, the quality of the, the FMVs was so much better. I mean, Square really picked up between 7 and 8 when it came to presentation quality, I think. So let's talk about that, right? If you're talking, you know, while we're on the let's subject... I think of Finn had models, a thing. Let's talk about the most interesting <laughs> point like of conversation, old. I think, about 8, which is the characters of Final Fantasy VIII. Um, and it's interesting how my feelings on Squall evolved over time. Because when I first played this game, I was an angsty teenager. You know, I was like, oh, fuck the system. I don't care about anything. <laughs> and so, and so, like, you know, I'm, I was like, yeah, I relate to Squall because he's dark and moody and nobody understands his pain. And, uh, and now I look back and I, like, I replayed eight about two years ago and I was like, what a whiny, insufferable little shit. Oh, yeah, he sucks. Is. Like, I was like, oh, because he's a teenager. Yeah. But so so like I don't know. Like I I'm playing is like it's like they took Cloud but like dialed his moodiness up a little bit. 
um character design wise i think his character design is really cool in fact i like all the character designs in final fantasy 8 but yeah he's extremely hot but it, it, he is like like he's he is definitely he's, he's got a, that yeah, ice on the fringe yeah that like it, it all comes the scar like it all comes together right um but and let's face it dude the gunblade is the cool one of the coolest fucking weapons in the like i love it's the so fact stupid that you can, like, and hit r1 it. and pull the trigger right at the right moment for extra damage I, that that too, like little stuff like me i just thought was re- that that was really fucking cool that gunblade is just like big dick energy amazing was waiting for a big dick energy reference on this podcast and we finally have it. <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad to deliver but so like, here's a good question then john is uh everyone who is your favorite character playable character well let's kick this off to natalie first because she really likes squall oh i really love squall um he's not my favorite character he's my second favorite character but i do think uh the reasons why i love him tied to my favorite character which is renoa i think she gets a lot of undeserved hate just for being someone who i mean she's not a soldier she is an everyday girl who wants to make a change who wants to separate from her father and form her own identity similar to squall um and i think she gets a lot of hate over just being an everyday person who can't who can't fight you know she doesn't have a gun blade she doesn't have like a whip like quistus um she's but got a she's dog still... though natalie she's got a yeah, dog she project- yeah she projected yeah and i think that's arguably better than all of them combined but yeah at a certain point she just shoot a dog and it explodes. i completely forgot about the dog <laughs> how could how you can you forget about angelo he's like amazing or, or is it a girl i'm not I sure angelo is a, a, a kind it... of a, a masculine name by default but i guess it can be whatever you name it no, I, I think it is a boy, yeah. yeah so uh, but yeah, I just, I think she's a flawed character and I think people are so um, against women just being flawed and allowed to be like everyday people. Um, they don't have to, you know, save everyone in a battle in order to be strong. I think Renoa really exemplifies what it means to be strength. I mean, to be strong in other ways, to possess strength in other ways besides physical combat and i think she at the end of the day she's just a woman who's been dealt a pretty bad hand in life and who wants to be loved and who wants to love and she wants the attention from someone who actually cares about her and i think the ways in which she really tries to make the world better for everyone are admirable even if they sometimes fail um and yeah and i think i think her and squall are very similar like they're both people who don't have the love from uh parental figures that they wish they had squall just ended up uh becoming a much more negative person who focuses on um the absence and the loneliness but renoa tries to make the best out of the situation um and i think that's why they work so well as a couple and why they're my favorite final fantasy romance just because they really play well off of each other um and yeah and i i I love her. I can go on about her for a long time, but I'll stop there. <laughs> yeah, Neil, that's a great fucking explanation. Wow, I'm impressed. That was really good. Thank you so much. No Tom, problem. That was Thank great. You. Uh, Tom, what about you, man? Who is your Who's your favorite Final Fantasy VIII character? And don't you fucking say Zell. Don't you? Nah, I like I like Zell. Laguna a lot. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, he's really good, dude. He's got the best musical theme of the whole game. He absolutely does. <laughs> man with the machine uh, gun is dope. What was it about yeah. Laguna, man? I just, I don't know. I just dug his whole vibe. Like, um, he was he's hot. a fucking dweeb. It was, it was ve- like his whole thing, the way they wrote that character was much different from like 
like anytime you bounce between it would be like oh this feels like completely different from squall and zell's bullshit um it sounds someone who kind of has a mission he's squall's dad too if i remember correctly right Oh my god, once I, uh, sorry for the aside and for the interruption, but I wrote an article about Final Fantasy and motherhood, and I legitimately had someone in the comments like, the game doesn't state that Squall is Laguna's son, and I was like, context clues? (laughs) It's foreshadowing? Like, if you don't think it is, you're kind of an idiot. It's pretty heavily spelled out for you. No, Natalie, don't you see if they don't specifically tell you it's not true? Right. That's not like saying Shadow isn't Realm's father. You know, yeah. like, okay, they don't ever come out and say it, but come on, he fucking is. You know, like it's and sorry it's the for same the thing side, but no, yeah, no, 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 it was no, just no, wild. No. Like, like we were in our staff Discord, and we were just like, "How do you play the game and not realize that Laguna is Squall's I father?" I have no idea. But is anyway, like, keep and going. The, like, <laughs> especially given like the parallels they draw between the two characters. Yeah, it's, it's like you might as well write it on the screen. Like yeah. they damn near spell it out by the time you get to the end of that, you know, yeah. particular aside. So, yeah, gaming, Tom, right? Yeah. Tom, were you like me in in really wanting like a separate game with just starring Laguna and Zabak and Ward? I would have played that. Yeah, in a I second. The fucking shit out of that, dude. Final Fantasy VIII two. Final, yeah, and like, <laughs> I'm dead, like I'll t- I'll take it now. Like I really love the character of Laguna and. God damn, his battle theme was so hype. Like, fuck. His battle theme was the best thing from that game. All them bloopy synths. I, I would completely... It, it's like... Yeah, oh, it's so fucking good. I, I still remember... Man I, with I, the I, Machine Gun is so good. I still remember. It's called The Man with the Machine Gun. Um, That's just... that. That's a great fucking track. Um, Tom, anything else you want to say on Laguna? Nah, I, like I've said, this is one of the ones I've replayed the least. So, like, my memory, like, we're, we're starting with the one that I have the least memory of. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we are. Of course, we are. Uh, Finn, what about you, man? What's a favorite character from uh, from Final Fantasy VIII? All right, for me, I'm sorry, it is Zell. Uh, but not, <laughs> from, not from a story perspective, he was my favorite character to play as. His dual system. Oh, so yeah, he is. He is a fun character. Yeah, I'll. I'll agree I mean, I, I I appreciated his comic relief, whatever. But it, for me, the reason Zell always stands out is because I, when I was playing that game as a kid, play, inputting those button commands and trying to get as many mashed in as possible before the time ran out was more engaging and more fun than any Final Fantasy Super Tech Limit Break, what have you, to that point. And it still stands up to me. So for me, Zell epitomized how much fun I had playing the game. And I, for this game in particular, I prioritized that above uh, the story aspects. Because for me, Final Fantasy VIII's story isn't the strongest point. Uh, it, it's it's moments. And for me, Zell's attacks and his dual limit break and seeing how many cool combos I could pull off uh, was way more fun than other characters now i will say kiros has the best design with his little arm blades and his assassin strike like oh yeah he's yeah. really cool that, yeah. he's, he's not much of a character but he has the best look to me but zell was the most fun to play and that's why when you told tom not to pick zell i was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> should i pick someone else real quick and then i thought about picking irvine but i don't hate myself so no <laughs> derek what about you man so this is hard um because i think i think there are two characters that i really like 
It's, it's hard for me to narrow this down. Um, is it Raijin or Fujin? No. <laughs> um, Natalie, you kind of already went over everything great about Runoa, which is nice because I get to not worry about that. Um, oh, also, on Runoa, I just wanted to say, don't you think it was a bit revolutionary for the woman and the relationship to pursue the man like yeah, like you now it doesn't see that. seem like a big thing but back then it was it's like still kind she's of the one not very small. common in in these yeah. kind of in this kind like of media whatever, whatever. but um <laughs> we're dying on her bed whatever, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so right, smaller aside is um Kistis, uh who i i really she, her her character arc really falls flat after a pretty early on um, you kind of go through like the most important beats for her pretty early. Yeah, I feel like, but it's a really interesting story to have for a character to set like a secondary character up. The idea that she's this like was this a student and this ace in the field and and gets to be your teacher even though she's your age. Um, but she's not good. She moved forward too quickly. And she's not a good enough instructor to keep being that. Um, so she has to step down and go back to just being an agent. Um, and I, I think that's very interesting because we don't talk enough about how, like, sometimes you do, like, you're good and you get pushed forward too quickly. Oh, no, we lost Finn. Oh, no, we got Finn back. Yay. Yay. Um, but, like, people get pushed forward too quickly. You got swallowed into space and time. Yeah. You know, in life and in their careers. <laughs> um, you know, and they're not ready for that um you know and that didn't mean that she was a, a a bad at anything before she just wasn't ready for that point wasn't ready for being an instructor even as good as she was um and it's a small thing like i said it's a character arc that they go through very early in the game and then don't really continue with but one of the most impactful things about good like narrative heavy games is the ideas that they can impart on their audience especially when they're young and impressionable um, and that's a good little message to send that I think gets washed over in a lot of the bigger stuff about FF8. Um, but I'm going to go on the, on the Squall Defense Force here for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, because here's the thing. Squall is obnoxious. I think he's intended to be obnoxious because Squall's a fucking teenager. He's, yeah. he's 18 years old and we're more in his head than just about any Final Fantasy protagonist. Um, is there any other, like, teenage main protagonist who we spend as much time in their internal thoughts i don't think so i don't think, I think so the complaints about titus mirror the complaints that people tend to have about squall which is uh they're so annoying and they complain a lot yeah. it's like god forbid they show weakness well yeah, to be fair i do think that squall is in, is incredibly obnoxious well, there's obnoxious. points where you just want to be like grow the fuck up but that's the point he's 18 you know and antisocial, and like that's how antisocial teenagers are it's actually a fairly realistic portrayal of 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 what a lot of teenagers especially a lot of teenage boys actually feel like rather than the like stupid like japanese culture gaming culture anime culture has this tendency to put forward 17-year-old superheroes that are emotionally invincible and ready to handle the most fucked up shit of the world, and, and that's not how teenagers are, y'all. Um, and I think the only the big difference between Squall and everyone else in the cast, why they don't come across as annoying, even though you have 
very, very quickly a fairly broad like cast of characters um, is that you don't get to see inside the thoughts of everybody else. It's pretty much just Squall. It's the um, Squall show. Squall's yeah. your POV character. So he's the only, but I, the thing is, like, as you come to find out about all these other characters who have their, their neuroses and their anxieties and they're all just teenagers, like, you know, Zell, Selfie, um, Irving, Kestis, Renoa, like, all of them, if they had been the POV character, you'd have seen a lot of angst from them too. But you don't see that because the difference between what we internalize and what we put out. And Squall, if you actually take the time to break down his talking to himself or his internalized thought bubbles, versus the conversations he has he's still kind of a prick you know but like there's a big difference between what he's internalizing and what he's projecting um, i just want to derek i just yeah. want to point out if they do ever remake final fantasy 8 i want them to kind of retcon selfie as somebody who just likes taking a lot of selfie pictures oh and you and you groan at me for shame this is this is what i want I um beautifully put, Derek. So I uh no Derek, that was great, dude. That was that was a like Natalie and Derek yeah. bring the fucking conversation. It just I'm bothers just me because like I you know I was an angsty teenage boy and like I identified a lot with Squall when I was younger and then I grew up and I was a little older than Squall and I hated that. And then I went back yeah. and looked at it and I was like, that was the the teenage and like boy experience and for a ton of people. Yeah. <laughs> Total daddy mode. Um, so, the, so I think there's one final thing that I want to talk about, about Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, and it's my problems with the storyline uh, and yeah. a lot of them, really. And the, oh, I think for me, I think that for me, the focal point will be Ultimicia, the villain. Yeah. Um, uh, no, Ultimicia is no, what, what was that? She's a queen. Oh, she's, so she's noteworthy because, like, she's really the first main Final Fantasy female, like, you know, woman antagonist. And, um, and, and, like, like you could say Cloud of Darkness, but Cloud of Darkness really isn't a woman. Cloud of Darkness is just like an evil that took the form of a, you know, took, 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 took the form of it. But Ultimicia is the actual first woman antagonist in the series, as far as I'm concerned. Um, my problems with that character, um, were that I still like, and maybe somebody here can help explain it to me, but I still don't really know what her end state was apart from they really don't explain. Time and space. Like, and what, is, what does time compression it? even mean? They don't really get into that. I know that's what they wanted. I, I, know, I know that's what she wanted to do, but I still don't understand why she wanted to do it. Um, and my problems with Ultimicia's motive, motivations are my same. It's the same problems I have with Vayne Solidor in Final Fantasy XII, and that I don't feel like the enmity between those characters and the party was earned. Um, you know, they don't even confront... I mean, I guess you could say that Ultimicia has been confronting the party all along because she was, you know, in inhabiting... By uh, way of Idea. Yeah, yeah, Idea. Um, but you don't really know much of... You don't even really see her until the very final confrontation. And she's just like, I'm going to compress all time and space, bitch. And like, you know, like, that's it. Like, I'm fucking doing it. That's and big dick energy. That right is big there. dick energy, and like, and it's a super evil thing to do. But I don't understand why she was doing it. Um, does anybody? I mean, like, and maybe I'm just not remembering it right. But do they ever really explain why she wanted to compress all of time and space? And not that everything? I remember. Nah, I think she just she was like, yeah, I want to do that shit. Yeah, they and don't explain why or what very well. So. The the final yeah. the time compressed world being like the final chunk of the game like then kind of stops making sense for an extended period of time because of that 
Well, see, and like somebody, like I had this conversation with, I, I want to see what you guys think about this. I had this conversation with somebody, another huge Final Fantasy fan. And they said, well, John, that's not any different than Kefka's motivations in mm -hmm. Final Fantasy XII. He just wanted to destroy everything. I was like, yeah, but he is very clearly psychotic and unbalanced because of something that happened to him. You know, he was he was the first experimental Magitech Knight and it just completely snapped his mind. And that is made very clear to you throughout the game. You are, you know, he, you know, he commits acts of genocide. You know, he is gleeful about the evil he's causing. I don't get that same kind of gleeful evil from Ultimecia's character. She seems, right. she seems, she seems completely balanced and, and, you know, you know, very aware of her actions and very sane, but there's no motivation. Like she's evil, but there's no motivation for that. Like Kefka's motivation she, was his complete lack of. Yeah. We empathy. had the conversation with six. There's a difference between a character who is evil for reasons that aren't particularly well explained and a character who is evil explicitly for the sake of right. committing evil acts. There, 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 there's a difference between the love of destruction for the sole purpose of the love of destruction. And then there's her motive, which is I want to do this because she seems to be on like a mission and that mission has like definite reasoning, but we don't know why ever. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. Um, they and, also uh, broadly don't explain very well the whole sorceress thing period. Like we know there was a war against sorceresses and like sorceresses are bad in general and they've all been evil. And in hindsight, <laughs> like, can we talk about this? Like the, the game simultaneously does not delve into the concept of all of these woman magic users are all evil, but it also, it doesn't like analyze how problematic that could be, but also is it, say, is like, it misogynist enough to just outright like, say that, yeah, women who cast magic should be burned at the stake. Like, well, so it's like, where the Natalie fuck is this falling? Like, I was going to ask Natalie what she thought about that because today, Natalie, like that comes off as a bit problematic to me. Like, you know, if you think about it, the game is like all these, know. all these women sorceresses are evil. Every one of them. Um, <laughs> and, and I just like, I don't know, like today that seems that that comes off as kind of gross, but maybe, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I, I think I would have to replay it uh, because the times that I played through that game, they were very different. They were very far back. So I think I would need to replay it to look at it with the lens that I see the world now. Um, but as far as like back then, I, I don't think I had any problems with it. Um, but again, I, I would definitely need to replay it now. I just remember thinking that, Ultimisha was really cool. Uh, she just shows up at the end. And I think that's kind of fascinating that you only see the real villain until the very end. I know why it doesn't work for some people, but for me, it kind of worked. Um, she was just this constant presence throughout the game that you, you definitely felt her presence and you felt mm -hmm. the urgency to stop her, despite the fact that she only really shows up until the very end. And I thought that was a fascinating way to present the main antagonist um but yeah i would have to replay it to um reevaluate that which is weird natalie because it seems like square enix is doing whatever they can to keep you from replaying it i like, know I, it's, I don't so get it. it's really weird <laughs> and i'll just i'll touch on her final boss fight real quick because those are some well, of like, has you know, a thing like you, F you keep F passing F over finn man theme? The extreme, extreme iconic one of the best <sighs> final battle themes ever you're not wrong it, the, the it's no dancing mad, but it's pretty good. It's great. It's really, really good. So good. Um, I feel like her final boss fight suffered a bit from that JRPG trope of, you know, this isn't even my final form. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's what, three or four different forms? There's four. Right, she has four through? different forms. To, well, well, there's her. Well, technically, she, so you fight Ultimatia, and then you fight Griever, and then you fight Griever Ultimatia, and then you fight, like, 
final Ultimecia. And by final Ultimecia, I was like, holy shit. I was like, how much more is there? Um, she had one of the creepiest final boss designs in the entire series. Yeah. Like, oh, like, and I didn't even notice that like her human form was hanging underneath uh until like years later when I went back and I played it again. I was like, whoa, I was like, oh, that is that is that is creepy. Um, so I mean her final boss, and like she had that empty face. Uh, and it's just oh, she had a great, she had Very a great eldritch. final boss form. Like that was that was like just, she was she showed up until the end, but she made sure that she was memorable. Yeah. You know that design is so good. Yeah, they, they really nailed her because it wasn't something that we'd seen before. Because like Kefka and Sephiroth were like these, like basically angels. Like you know, it's like oh, they're angels, okay, and it's an inversion of you know Christianity, and there's all these themes here. She was just, she was like just straight up demonic. Like there was nothing angelic about, about her character design. Um, yeah, Finn just actually dropped a picture of it in, uh, in in the Discord chat. They're like, look at that. Like, man, that is crazy. And <sighs> I and I it. I always I like and I never really paid attention to what was hanging underneath her. But that is her human form with her arms crossed <laughs> underneath, which is just so creepy. And if you take that character model and you separate it from that black background. Um, you can see all of time and space being absorbed into her, which is really, really crazy as well. Like the attention to detail is just great. John, what's up? I want to uh, shift the topic real quick because we've been talking about, you know, characters, story, all that kind of fun stuff, but we're missing the core thing that makes FF8 better than almost all other games, and that is Triple Triad. No, the single no. great side quest. No in no. a fantasy no, game not, we don't talk about triple triad here are you kidding me i unabashed that is triple my triad so good if they no, would just make a know. mobile triple triad like yeah and i played it because i loved yeah. it oh they did no yeah this is i think what? this is the this is the final fantasy 8 topic that natalie and i are going to agree on and hopefully tom <laughs> as well as a triple triad is just not good Look, are you guys kidding me can we at least agree can we at least agree it's so much better than ff9's tetra master no yeah. it's not no, Are it's you not kidding at all. Me? No, the oh, worst no, part no. about FF9 was that Tetra Master was so weak compared to Triple Tetra Master was actually it was actually an enjoyable diversion. Oh, you guys! Oh, I've never no. felt. I still don't understand the rules to Tetra Master. Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think any of them are great. But Triple God, like, Triple Triad was so much fun. I spent more time no. collecting all of the cards in that game, and then you wasted. I did playing the actual game. Think of all that time you wasted, Finn. All, <laughs> all, all that was, that was like The Witcher Three and Gwent before the Witcher Three and Gwent. Yeah. And exactly. I actually, Gwen is one of my favorite parts about Witcher 3. No, I knew it. Okay. They it's put so, look, uh, a good, a well made card game is rare, and that is one of them. No, it's real. It, it, Tom, Tom, you see, Tom, you they, sounded like you they, wanted to cut off. They it. put Tetra Master as like a side thing in uh, Final Fantasy 11. And when I was playing that, I probably put like 50 hours into uh, Tetra Master. On Didn't there. they put Triple Triad yeah. into FF14? Yeah, triple triad. Yeah, triple triad. Yeah. That's why fourteen's better than eleven. Think about yes. how hours you wasted, Finn. Hours that you could have spent Finn. doing something else. <laughs> like, like I just like I. Oh, that's so tragic. Oh, man. you wasted that's a lot of thing. Um, also, uh, since we've been touching on the story and the characters and whatnot, can we talk about how Final Fantasy VIII is really fascinating? Because in comparison to other Final Fantasy games, it really encourages theorizing and speculation. Like even today, like people still talk about the squad is really bad or Renoa is Ultimatia. And I, I think that whether they're true or not, which I don't think, at least Squall being dead, I don't think that's true at all. But it really encouraged 
theory making and speculation in a way that other Final Fantasy games didn't, in my opinion. I remember when they had really cool spacesuits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you mean regular spacesuits? <laughs> nah, I remember, man. I re- yeah, I remember that. I, I fucking re- yeah, I remember that. I mean, like, like, look, like, like Final Fantasy VIII did a lot of cool shit, right? Like, like, it sounds like I'm, I'm sitting here dumping on it. It's um, a very mixed bag. I think its highs are it, very high and its lows are very low. Um, and it's only a couple of changes away from like serious greatness. But I, I think Nat, like, hope, like, like Natalie, I want to see what you think. Like that opening was hype. Like the opening of the game is fucking. Oh crazy. yeah, that you, opening, like, it just stays in your memory. Like even today, like I'm pretty sure we all just remember it. It's so that memorable. moment where Cipher slashes, and we see how he gets get the, the scar. Scissors. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. So <laughs> compared to Final Fantasy VII's opening, Final Fantasy VIII was like, it wasn't just build up. It was, it had the action moments. It had that swelling score. It it really got you invested. It almost made it more disappointing when the game just started like a normal RPG. It's like all this awesome stuff, and now we're at the start of the game. <laughs> now I'm in the what, hospital. It's like you know the um like you know like you know the the gunblade falls from the sky and and slams into the ground, and they're running at each yep. other. And the words Final Fantasy VIII flash across the screen, and and that's a very know, very well Liberi directed Fel- opening. You know what is it? Uh, Liberi Fatali is playing. It's just like oh god this is so fucking good like oh it really Final Fantasy 8 soundtrack is just the best yeah. one in my this, opinion I'll, along with 13 I'm, I'll, I'll agree with you on that 100. let's let this be like the romance theme the eyes on me like I want eyes on me to play at my wedding that's how is, good it is I was gonna say we're running really tight on time but I wanted the last thing to be if you have never in your life like just belted eyes on me in the car while driving alone at night like then you have not truly lived my friends <laughs> Eyes on Me is better than One Winged Angel in terms of vocal. Eyes uh, on Me is the single sorry. best vocal track in the franchise, bar none. It's, That's it's my, my award favorite bait. vocal yeah. theme song oh, of the franchise. There. Yeah, it's it's so good. I like it's one of the best. It's one of the best vocal themes in gaming, I would argue. Again, period. Same. Also, shout yep. out to that uh, the ball scene, the ballroom dance scene. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. so good. Oh, because yeah. Squall can actually dance. Not only is it was it so good, but people forget how good it was for the time. When that uh, CG movie came out, when that cutscene came out, like I remember back in the old days of dial-up, you would download that file and watch it and just be like blown away. Just aging ourselves right there. Yeah, I just love the memes nowadays that we get out of it, where we're <laughs> best like, looking guy most, here. Yeah, best looking guy here, and then Squall's <laughs> face is <laughs> <laughs> takes. Oh, yeah. uh, I forgot about those memes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, we're like you know, like Derek said, we're uh, we're we're bumping uh, up on our time limit here. But I wanted to thank uh, Natalie and Tom for joining us, and uh, and you guys, if I'm not mistaken, you will be both be joining us for the for the rest of our Final Fantasy conversations. I hope. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Uh, so um, thank you everybody for listening, and uh, we will be back a little later with episode nine, where we. We'll be discussing Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm just kidding. It's going to be Final Fantasy nine, uh, aka maybe the secret the best. best. Buddy. Um, I'm so excited to talk about nine. Yeah, I'm really yeah. So am I. I'm Bye guys. Bye. All right, everybody. Uh, have a good weekend, and we will see you later.